Can I get a oh yeah? Oh yeah! Hey everybody, and welcome to the Martial Mind Podcast. Three training brothers talking all things martial arts. I am here with Ryan. I'm Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping it. Here we go. <laughs> It's me, myself, and Irene. <laughs> I'm just having a schizophrenic break. It's Ryan. Yeah, Tom I just Selleck. know that, like we, they know they know who was here. It's it's it's, uh, yeah. it's Ed and John. It's it's fucking it's Ginger Jesus and Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah, yep. there we are in the flesh. Uh, <laughs> I just know that Ginger Jesus and a beat cop. Well, what, what, what I love is that with your hat on, you look kind of like like Ness from uh, Super Smash Brothers. Like, fire. 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 Oh, look, oh, it's, and oh, it's, then with your hat off, you immediately look like Derek Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's great is is. Uh, is uh, between John's mustache and my hat, John looks like a uniformed cop, and I look like an undercover cop. <laughs> so what's up, guys? You're the you guys have any weed? <laughs> look at my backwards hat. What's up, fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, fe- <laughs> Hello, fellow drug Do you guys users? like skateboards and weed? <laughs> Sell me some. <laughs> Come on. Fellow, you're just, youth, you're fellow the, youths. You're, you're the rookie and I'm the grizzled vet because yeah. because of the mustache. Like, just shoot him. <laughs> get this so over my, with. I, just shoot any... Yo, um, my favorite food truck closes at 10. We gotta get this over with. <laughs> yeah, you guys go. I'm gonna get my halal. The halal's not gonna be the good if I, if I don't get my chicken over rice. Somebody else is dying. <laughs> <laughs> then I am gonna kill some <laughs> You're dead. So to to start with a couple shout outs, one from the Discord, uh Cameron from Melbourne, Australia. He says and I gotta scroll down, he goes, Hey guys, love the most recent episode with Seafood Greg. Aside from now having to get rid of my anime porn collection, the great part for me was him talking about the pressure testing of Kung Fu. Such an important part of training that unfortunately so many schools don't do. Also, his flat-out honesty was great. So thanks, man. Thanks, really. We we really had fun with that episode, and we're definitely going to do more with him. I know there's going to be plenty of questions, and he's got so many stories that we want him to be able to tell on the show and uh, and just get out there to the world. And you you know? know what? Hey, you keep the anime porn. That's between you and God. <laughs> yeah. And everyone who's listening. So you, God, and like 90 other people. But yeah. but just don't and, worry about and it. And maybe more. You know what yeah. I mean? You ever gotten into a podcast and like you just go and scroll all the way down to the beginning of their catalog and just listen to fucking everything all the way up? Yeah. The first episode is them like taking a shit and then I'm just like. <laughs> oh, it's always so bad. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait for us to listen back to our early stuff and be like, what? We're, guess what? We're making that horrible early stuff right now. Yeah, we're, so. current, we're currently making, currently the making those thing. terrible yeah, episodes. Yeah, we're doing a bad job but having a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> and in response to our being shitty hosts, Matt from England, once again, um, such a, the, the, the first patron, such a supporter of the show, somebody who's always sending us messages and tips and everything like that and asking us questions. Um, now, I, the past couple of days, so for a time frame for when we're recording this versus when... It's going to be posted just a couple of days ago in the Discord. There was some questions about like how what the animal styles that we do at the school are, and I said I would answer after work, and that was days ago, and I have yet to answer because <laughs> I'm in the middle of moving, and I just have my whole world is upside down right now, and I just haven't had the mental energy to do um, my job, basically. So sorry, everybody, <laughs> but he says – what? What? Excuse me? You're you a talking shit, motherfucker? That's what John okay, said. go eat I cauliflower. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> he, he was, <laughs> I, I just got a pay raise, so I've upped my Patreon to the next tier. And, like, that's so incredible. Yeah, dude, that's so thank amazing. you so much, dude. Matt, really, we you, appreciate bro. it so yeah. much. At this point, we just need to get a cardboard cutout of Matt and, like, put it in the studio. And <laughs> well, we need like, to get Matt on Zoom. Uh, that would be amazing. 
Yeah. We need to get Matt on Zoom and do an interview with him is what we need to do and, and, and talk. And we should do that with some of the other listeners as well. Um, Absolutely. Just get, get, get them on Zoom and do something like that. But that's going to be probably more towards the fall mm-hmm. when we, uh, we have a plan to get some cameras. We're putting away money right now. And so that's what like every bit of Patreon money is going to go to mm-hmm. is um, us being able to like set up some cameras when we record and make this a video podcast and a youtube channel so that's the goal but yeah. in any case and, and, we'll, gonna and we're gonna do and we're gonna do a pilot run where let's say if matt gets to the top tier we're gonna do our pilot run for our um top prize which is we just show up at your house and just start recording in your living room so it's like the <laughs> thing we've made this joke before but like yeah he's just gonna like yeah. we're just gonna lift the covers and crawl in with you, you know? <laughs> like, we're here good morning hello <laughs> um but he said i wanted to ask about some of the animals this is matt again um i wanted to ask about some of the animals in the uh he said alone but i think it's supposed to say lohan um in the lohan style you guys do I have heard you mention snake and dragon. You must have some tiger and crane lurking, but are there any else? I'm especially interested in what northern Shaolin leopard is like. I love the leopard part of the Hungar system. I wonder if it's very similar as it feels very north when I do it. Um, and he also said he's looking forward to hearing from Sifu Lloyd. And you can ask him what it's like to be Sifu Greg's uh, crash test dummy. He says, poor bugger. Looks like he's getting mauled. Walt's <laughs> grinning like a seagull with a stolen bag of hot fries. So <laughs> That's my favorite sentence of the week. <laughs> he's grinning like a seagull with a stolen bag of hot fries. I'm, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing slightly, but yes. Um, that's it. my favorite thing. Thank you, Matt. I love it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but funny enough, I've been doing the same leopard set for... Mm. Six years. I was gonna say five, leopard is your form. Five, six years. Mm. It's my form, but it's my curse. Right. Is that a Kill Switch Engage song? It's the <laughs> so so we do a lot of different mimicry styles. We do you know, we have snake, we have tiger, we have crane, we have we're mainly a dragon school, so everything kind of is focused around dragon, including the drunken style. Um it all trickles down into, yeah. into everything. Uh there's so what if dragon was four, drunken is five. Um leopard, six, uh tiger. Um, there is also Mantis, there is also Monkey, there is, there's all these different aspects, and all these different mimicry styles, and mimicry styles is more than, like, if you're doing a monkey form, and you're just rolling around on the floor, and you're going, ah, you know, like, I understand it, like, you're, you're mimicking a monkey, but, like, you're missing the point, you're taking the characteristics, (laughs) you're you're taking the characteristics of an animal's movement, and you're applying them to combat, you're applying them to strategy, so you don't necessarily have to, like, be doing crane's wings like there's fists in snake it's like Stuart was saying about drunken that right. there's splashing hands there's ocean f- palms there's there's uh fists there's uh the sword fingers there's all of that is within drunken there's elbows there's knees you know there's yeah. different kinds of kicks um it's not limited to what like the general like understanding of it typically is but we're really lucky that we have like all that shit because not everybody has all those aspects and while you know we may not all have like forms and stuff those little tidbits and whatnot can help you kind of uh learn the aspects of those animals and apply them to you as a martial artist you know yeah as a practitioner i mean that that snake seminar we had like i don't know probably last year at this point like that was was pretty eye-opening you know, like a, I, I have very limited experience in any of the animal styles besides that snake seminar. Get there, was, you just started, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm just saying, like, you know, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, looking forward to experiencing more of that. Yeah, no, it's great. It's really cool. We actually used a snake the other Thursday night. 
Mm. And that was a really cool. Were, were you there, Ryan? No, I, th- I think that's when I was away. I'm oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were away. But, it, dude, it was super cool. Yeah. I have it on video. I'm going to keep practicing it. I would like to incorporate that. But, yeah, I'm still going over that leopard form. And it's because, like, the aspects of that animal that I'm supposed to be mimicking are, like, I'm, I have yet to internalize them. That's my challenge. And that's why they gave it to me because they thought that that would help me grow. Where, like, traditionally in Shaolin, you'll see a lot of times, like, they won't know it all. They won't know everything. Their Sifu will see what they're naturally gifted at and tell them to go hone it. So as opposed to like knowing a little bit of everything, you would be like, oh, you're really good at tiger. Like you're, your body is, you're built for tiger. Like you're naturally built for tiger. So let's give you some tiger forms. And let's give you broadsword. Well, and also I'm pretty sure also the opposite is true. Where sometimes where also they'll give you animals that are, that are that you're weak in that you need to work on. I think that's why I have leopard right. because it helps me control. I, I'm asthmatic. And I was a smoker for a long time. So getting my wind back has been a a lifelong process. Mm. And I didn't quit until like my red sash, you know? And I was still having a couple here and there going up for my black sash. It just, it took me fucking, it was the last thing, you know? Mm -hmm. It just took me forever to like actually fucking get rid of cigarettes out of my life. I just pictured you, my brain just immediately like thought of like a like. Like the old school me, like just chain smoking? No, I just pictured you smoking during your black sash test. Like just like having like a cigarette hanging out of your mouth. Like, all right, what are we doing next? Let's go. I had one the night before so I could sleep. Oh, perfect. I did. I did. I couldn't sleep and I said, fuck it. And I went to the gas station and I bought a Lucy. And I fucking had a cigarette and I went to sleep, which is like not advice. Yeah, I know. yeah. Guess, well, guess what? That this isn't. This just is not outside advice. the school chain smoke. This is just. Oh, my, in a sec, hold on. What it is? What it is is just you know I, I was having trouble letting go of my vices and I was going through a lot and I was super stressed out. You know, it's fucking. Yeah. It was rough. It was rough. Dude, yeah, it's it's but, the the test anxiety is like. But what leopard is good for is for controlling that. You attack in short bursts and get out. You get in, you get out. You get in and you get out. But as we all know, and we've discussed before, my issue when I fight is that I just barrel at you in a straight line and just fucking try to bulldoze people when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So leopard was supposed to teach me precision through short bursts of attacks. And and it's true with, with other, with general kung fu forms, like our, like the other forms in our system that we learn. You know, they're all named different things because they're all teaching different principles like they all have they all have general they all have general themes to them of what they're teaching and then of course within the form each technique and 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 different sequence of you know set sequence of movements can also you can also break it down and interpret it different ways to get different applications and things out of it and different um philosophies of fighting but what's cool with i find at least in my understanding of animal forms is kind of like as you said it's much more it's almost like a different um it's a much more distinct uh, fighting style. Like they all, they're all kind of distinct fighting styles, and how you know, in how you use them, and how they, how they incorporate distance, how they incorporate grappling. What you know, they're, it's just a whole philosophy on how it views you know, striking, movement, footwork, um, timing. You know, again, like me, you know, they're all, they're all fierce and horrifying. But again, like having, you know, days we would do, you know, mantis versus again, like the like the class we had with uh, Sifu Lloyd where we were doing leopard, and I was just like the Uki for that, and him just like showing how leopard works is, you know, I was just like, wow, if he was really hitting me with this, he would have all my money and my life probably. <laughs> He'd have four dollars and I'd be dead. You know what and I mean? And if somebody was recording that, it would probably be the most viewed YouTube video for that week <laughs> at least. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. kung fu stylist mugs some dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Could you imagine? It'd be crazy. Normally, because people that do crime aren't normally that good at it. You see street fights, and it's like, what the fuck is that person doing? It's like, oh yeah, this guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> Look at this I mean, shit. Like, why do you end up there in the first place? Normally, life hasn't really been too good to you. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I'm so just like, saying for the uh, the people who watch this nonsense on YouTube, which I'm one of them. <laughs> John is the, John is the connoisseur of the garbage. Yeah, John, no. <laughs> absolutely. And we're back, everybody. So we were talking about leopard, but Ryan had something uh, excellent that you brought up earlier that was I thought was a really poignant thing. Um, just the idea that compare, <laughs> <laughs> just like just like domestic like domestic flight fart. <laughs> <laughs> southwest, southwest to Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> it's a really short flight. <laughs> it has to be. It's it has to be a short flight fart. Like it's just... this is New York to DC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Richmond. What do you mean I can't shit in the aisle? Come on. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> um, it was shamelessly crops us people in a supermarket. Oh my god, dude! I have a thing with elevators. I don't know why I do it. I just fart in an elevator and people get in. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, and Brian like, used to close the windows and turn the heat on and be like, "This is what my dad used to do to me." And it's like, no wonder why your brain's fucking broken. It's like, it's like why does your trauma smell so bad? Go see a therapist. Stop ruining my sinuses. <laughs> just fart and turn the heat up. It's so gross. This is what my dad did to me. It's like this is not how you deal with your we trauma. We haven't brought up Ryan's digestive system in a while, so we might as well distract from his point by right, you know, just, right, just saying again my confidence. Saying my GI that, and emotional confidence. Ryan's rectum smells like a dumpster on a hot day. Yeah. And Ed would know because he's been there. Yeah. I think. I think the best. I. I, I think the best. I, I'm not going. I'm not going to coin this as my own. But I think the best smell comparison that I've heard is is, is that is that I've heard that like uh, it's like oh it's like that smells like a a porter potty at a Renaissance fair in July. <laughs> It's a whole turkey leg. I just shit out meat. It's old meat and turkey legs. Oh no! It's just a whole turkey leg. It's just a turkey leg, a sword, and just like just... a wizard hat, just covered in puke. Oh my god! We'll, we'll get back. We'll, we'll get back to your point. We'll get back to your point, but I got to noise I just made. I got to yeah. tell this story on the show. Ryan just turned into a pterodactyl, though, so that was pretty cool. Um, wait, oh, Ryan, boy. bark. <laughs> Does that not sound fucking realistic? <laughs> Ryan is actually he's part Yorkie. <laughs> he sounds like a, like a like a small scared dog. <laughs> I also don't like. I feel a little bit ashamed that like you just said bark and I just barked for you. <laughs> Jump like that. Yeah, yeah. just like now bark. I'm like, okay. like in the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, oh my god, we're so far from the point, but like this story needs to be told. So my mom and my mom and my stepdad uh, took us all to Ireland. Um, it's the only time we've ever been out of the country and we all went to Ireland and my mom was trying to get us all to like dress up because they're into the renaissance fair thing so they have all this like oh. medieval garb and I wouldn't dress up because the costume that she bought me made me look like a gay pirate <laughs> it was just like it was supposed to be these like billowy pirate pants and like a fucking uh like a tunic or whatever mm. but i just looked like it's an eye patch with pants with the balls cut i looked out. like someone that <laughs> I, I looked like i was meeting george michael in a public bathroom you know what i mean like like i was never gonna dance again <laughs> guilty feet have got no rhythm you know what i mean so it, it was it was bad but so when we get there i'm in street clothes and they're in garb and we're in ireland we're these fucking idiot americans in ireland and they're dressed better than the people that worked at von ratty castle 
That's so funny. People thought that my parents worked there. I was, <laughs> I was mortified. They're like, which way is the bathroom? And they're like, I don't fucking know. I don't work here. <laughs> Piss off. They look at you and they're like, who's this young man in jeans? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Everybody else, literally, oh, everyone no, else, every guest were in regular clothes. Except for oh, that's my so, parents. That's so funny. <laughs> oh man, unbelievable! Uh, I I gotta post pics. The the, the conf- that's like that's like such confidence in knowing who you are, and I love that. That was like, um, at, for some reason, at, like a a sweet sixteen that I went to with a, a, a mutual friend of me and my cousins. I'm shout out to Frankie. Um, was she was like, oh, it's Disney themed, and everyone was like, oh, okay, cool. I guess there'll be like Disney balloons or something there. And she was like, no, no, you can dress up as a Disney character. So I was gonna go with Peter Pan as a joke, but I didn't because I was like, I'm not, you know, 16 year old me is like, I'm not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And then my cousin just dressed up as Aladdin, <laughs> like, like I'm talking like full, like full turban, like full, just like 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 an Aladdin. Oh, like the King Aladdin, kind yeah, of the yeah, final yeah, form yeah, of yeah, Aladdin. Yeah. Like yeah, Prince yeah. Ali, like... like Fabulously uh, yeah. Ali Ababwa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, literally dra- he literally Ali Ababwa his way. Prince Ali, mighty is he, Ali Ababwa. <laughs> he literally, he literally dressed up like cape, like, like, like pointy shoes, cape, like uh, yeah, like like Prince Ali turban, and just and just spent the entire night like that. That's fantastic. I that's was like, a that? great costume. Yeah, that's 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 it was alpha it look was right there. Alpha, dude. I, I I'm not really good at the whole dress up thing. And one time I went to a Halloween party with a lab coat on, and it said alcoholist on it, and no one got it. What? I mean, it's that's the joke, right? That was the joke, yeah. and everybody was like, "Oh, like go hang out in the corner with the other doctors." And I'm like, "I'm not a doctor; I'm a scientist." <laughs> <laughs> I'm experimenting on my liver. Well, dude, yeah. you dressed up as a pretty good Thor at Seagong's birthday. Yeah, you did. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like, like I couldn't shortchange it for him. No, I, I had this whole plan. Like I have a buddy who does like special effects for like he, he's a makeup artist on Saturday Night Live, and he's done Ray Donovan, and he's like in like on the scene, like he's a major professional special effects artist, and he has so many so much good work and he's like yeah dude i got a suit of armor you can rent and like you know we'll dress you up as a barbarian and we'll give your wife elf ears and she'll like wear a dress it'll be really cool i'm like awesome because it was a cosplay themed birthday party and he wound up like wound up falling through it wound up not happening so we just dressed up as pirates (laughs) (laughs) i was jack sparrow and she was just another pirate it was awesome jill sparrow (laughs) (laughs) jack and jill sparrow There's, it, there's I, just like not a lot of times where just like dressing up as a pirate is not appropriate. I, it worked. It worked great. It's the endlessly like useful band aid. The, the only thing that was <laughs> the endlessly useful <laughs> band aid. We didn't. We, we're going over to dinner party. We didn't bring anything. Let's just dress up as pirates. There it is. Problem solved. We didn't. We forgot the crumb cake. We're gonna dress up. <laughs> <laughs> like what? We're getting sued. Dress up as a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Show up to court. <laughs> Yeah, but like the, the one confusing part was that the um, it had like a bandana with fake dreadlocks on it, and so it was like, Ooh. yeah, it, it worked out okay. I, f- I got to flip my hair for the first time in a long time because I have a shaved head. <laughs> the only hair on the top of my body is my mustache and my eyebrows. <laughs> Just Captain Cultural Appropriate. <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> Just stealing gold in people's culture. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was a fucking pirate. That's what they do. Yeah. Well, this must have been a nice break from only being able to whip your forehead back and forth Ooh. you know <laughs> how you could whip your hair back and forth it was so, nice i just pictured for some reason because like john 
is bald but has only a mustache. And when you said dreads, I just picture him like having dreads only in his mustache, <laughs> like having like five big dreads like down his face. Be like, like that's, a what, that's what Davy Jones looked like before he became a squid creature, like <laughs> just like a dreaded mustache. It just turned into tentacles. That was all. <laughs> it's like a boss from God of War. <laughs> yeah, for real. The dreaded mustache. I'm, listen, demon. if I was Calypso and I saw my ex-boyfriend looking like that, I would punish him as well. <laughs> like you're gonna have a weird mustache. I'm gonna make you a squid. <laughs> like, Get in the locker. Just endless desert. Get in the locker. Oh, you clearly remember the plot to that movie, and I do not. <laughs> yeah, it's like me and John like watched it like ten minutes ago. Like we yeah. just watched it before. Like I don't know. Like, it's amazing how how vivid 2007 is. <laughs> it's like in my head. That's really? Because so that's out of my brain entirely. <laughs> I mean, all, all I remember most from of that... high school has been beaten out of me. That's fair. <laughs> um, so. Just back to the efficacy of different animal styles and the variations in their technique, um, quickly. Huzzah. Huzzah. Um, so, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, we were just on the highway and we just, like, went off-road downhill for, like, 20 minutes. We're like, all right, let's go back up to the highway. We have to, like, walk, like, walk the quad back up to the highway. And that's the show. (laughs) Um, but just the idea that, you know... In general, our system, you know, you all of our forms, our, like, base system forms, you know, you learn, they teach you different principles, and, you know, within them, they all have kind of their own theme and everything like that, um, and there's different techniques you can pull out of it and different sequence of movements that have different um, ways you can kind of uh, interpret them and abstract, you know, abstract out from them, but with, I feel like with the animal styles, at least in my understanding of them, it is, they're much more of kind of a you know, teachers of, like, directly, like, almost, like, different, or, like, um, you know, just different lessons in the sense of, like, they, they all have their own philosophy on fighting, so it's cool, so it's kind of like a different sub-school within our system of, of understanding how to approach fighting, of, well, this is how, you know, you know, in Mantis, you know, it's, you know, we're gonna focus more on, you know, we're gonna focus more on this, or, you know, in Leopard, this is how the footwork, you know, this is how the footwork works, you know, or, or, you know, or things like that, so it's really, it's really cool in kind of having kind of a different, you know, they're kind of just different chapters in um, in in our system, and, and just really, you know, it's anytime we do a class on a certain animal, it's just cool to see how the animal is applied and how it, you know, is kind of a um, accent on the overall system as a whole. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely am. I'm a big fan of like learning different mimicry styles, but like at the same time, it's like Sung always says, "Don't be a form eater," because. Uh, because like some like some entire systems are based on like one or two forms, and then mm-hmm. if you look at like how things were, you'd leave the temple and you'd start an eagle school, right? You'd leave the temple, you'd start a snake school, or a drunken school, or whatever the fuck, and then that you know over time different things get created, and that speaks to I think the I think the overwhelming reality that I get hit with a lot when we're training is like how training you know kind of the long game of training where again we we'll love classes where it's like all right here's your form. Get good at the form. Now we're going to break down the form and, like, learn how to fight with it. And it's like, that's crazy to me because it's like, okay, I'm doing all this shit. I'm working on my regular road work and my bag work and and, and, and my my cardio and, 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 and my forms just as training them and making them good. But it's almost like you need to get good at doing the forms. That's just like – it's almost like you having enough money to buy the textbook to then start reading it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like you getting good at doing the forms to then be able to have a fluency in them like a base fluency in them to break them down to then actually get the techniques and the principles and the lessons out of them. And then after you do that, then re-inject those into the way that you fight. 
So, you know, um, so I'm thinking about 50 to 60 years, <laughs> I think I'll be able to move all right. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. I, I, my lead will be, and maybe my reverse. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think it could be all right. Give it 50 years. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> but, you know, that's the thing is, is you know, is, is understanding the long game of it, you know, in a, in a, in a more serious way. You know, the, the long, you know, kind of the, the lifestyle of martial arts and the life, you know, the lifestyle of lifetime learning. You know, as, as immediate Siegel gratification doesn't about. work. Yeah. Immediate, gra- immediate gratification doesn't work in this game or not in this life. Yeah. Immediate gratification just leads to like you getting your ass kicked with a different colored belt on. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, you know, it's like. Or you have a black belt. It doesn't mean a fucking thing. Yeah. Unless you put yep. the, it's all a matter of how much work you put in. It's not about what you're wearing or what color your sash is or your belt or whatever. A, uh, a thought I had the other day that I thought could be interesting to just bring up and try to talk about is um, I, a lot of the times, when I do feel happy or when I kind of will get out of a negative slump, I have this immediate, like, knee-jerk response to look at the times that I was sad or the times that I was overthinking or... Um, doing anything like that and feeling like I wasted that time. You know, I, I wasted the time around me being happy. Um, and I had the thought the other day, I'm like, I feel like that needs to be challenged a little bit because I don't think it's fair for myself or anybody who is a, you know, as humans, we are complicated emotional beings and all-encompassing emotional beings. It's not fair to be an all-encompassing emotional being and live an all-encompassing emotional life and then only feel that you are technically happy or, more importantly, living when you are happy. Because that doesn't make sense. That's like, that, yeah, like it's just, that just doesn't make sense to me. That's not fair to say, because I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. So now, so on top of me being upset for that time, now when I am feeling happy, now I'm going to take away from that and beat myself up for wasting time when I wasn't happy and taking away from me being happy. Like, well, And that's the weird part with happiness, though, is that it's it's fleeting. Happiness is so temporary, you know? Like, a, a storm can, can come into your harbor and sink all your ships and happiness is gone, you know? So it, it's it's something that's cool in the moment, but it's not lasting. So I, I can't blame you for feeling that guilt. It's it, Sometimes it can be perceived that way, but it's better to seek purpose instead of happiness. Right? Is that kind of what you were getting at? Well, well, I well, kind of, because well, one, that's a really good point. That's kind of you know, kind of the whole like uh, you know, Jordan Peterson more you know, mm-hmm. more meaning, and then kind of the happiness kind of comes with that. But buckle, buckle. I just think the idea, I, I think it's just challenging my own, like calling myself out for my own shit of like, like life is hard enough as it is, and I can definitely make it harder for myself in how I look at things and how I treat myself. And me, like, um, just being really mean to myself and, and not giving myself a moment to breathe or giving myself that moment to be like, hey, it's okay, or don't worry about that. You know, where where I will feel like shit and then have, like, meta-thinking about me feeling like shit for feeling like shit. Because I'm like, everyone's going to die around me, and I'm going to get old at some point. So, like, why am I spending all this time feeling like shit? And, like, there is some truth and some lesson to that, you know. But you don't want to overcompensate and make it all about this meta-analysis about you not meeting this standard that isn't real because that, cause that, cause that's really where the problem comes is the false expectation about how life is where I'm like, oh, I'm not happy so I'm not living. It's like, no, it's like it's like life is all encompassing. You know, my therapist tells me that all the time where he's like, he's like, you know, it's not, it's not fair, it's not fair to yourself to, to just think you're, just to just think you're happy or to just think you're living when you're happy. He's like, life is 
is everything. Everything is life. You're living whether you're sad, you're living when a family member dies, you're living when you're having a great day, you're living when you're not doing anything. You're living when you're sitting on your phone and just fucking scratching your nuts. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's all living. So to, so, to, so to feel like I've wasted I've wasted the last two weeks that I felt like shit and now I'm out of my slump, I think... I think it's a waste in the sense of you looking at it as a waste. You know what I mean? Like, like right, again, no. in switching it around to being like, no, no, that's life is happiness. Life is sadness. Life is complicated. You know, so trying to not treat it as, and I'm saying it, I'm saying this lesson to myself, especially because I worry a lot about wasting time and I worry a lot about using time properly and um, utilizing it properly. But a lot of times that overemphasis can lead to probably, you know, if I was in a healthier standpoint and mindset, looking at it as probably misusing it because I'm trying to hold on to it so much and emphasize what I'm doing that it's just I'm getting in my own way. I'm just tripping myself while I'm trying to run. Yeah, you know? I mean, I understand that. Like, I, like I, I have days where I beat myself up where I haven't done enough. I haven't put enough into enough effort into the show, enough effort into my business, enough effort into the school, enough effort effort into training or whatnot. And then you feel like you wasted a day because you stayed in bed or something like that. Or I'm in a piss poor mood for a couple of days. And then you fucking, you know, but there's lessons to learn. There's lessons to be learned about you and about how you feel about the world. And, you know, like, like, like this morning, I was upset about something that I won't bring up, but like I was, I was, uh, having a conversation with this person whom I was not necessarily upset with, but, you know, who I would be talking about the situation with. And I had this kind of, like, fake conversation back and forth with them and thought about what they would say and thought if I could change my mindset based on, like, how I felt after kind of, like, saying what I wanted to say out loud. Before talking to them. Before talking Mm. to them. You Mm. know? Okay. So, like... Listening back to myself and seeing how it sounds and seeing how my feelings about the situation feel after I kind of get out the Mm. initial frustration by saying maybe the emotional, like saying, 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 like making my making my point about it coming from an emotional place outside of like a place where I had actually thought about the and the seeing if the rationality like keeps and, up with and you with know what's that funny is I actually my mind changed pretty much not entirely but like I my mind changed about it that's happened to me before like I will I will like get upset about something in the moment and then say it out loud and then immediately go well that doesn't make sense and then just like move on to something else <laughs> yeah basically pretty you know? much yeah and I like your point about like. You know, you're not only living when you're happy, and it's true, and, like, it relates back to, like, you know, like, right now we've got mostly martial artists listening to the show, and maybe some people listening to the show that are just, like, fitness enthusiasts, or just sitting on your fucking couch hoping to get up one day, or, like, you dream about doing something, and, like, you feel like you're wasting your life, and you're not. You're living it. Yeah. But you're also not going to get any time back. So you can't focus on always being happy and always being comfortable. And that's something that I think is like an inherent part of training in and of itself. Like you know you're going to have moments where you're in pain and uncomfortable and everything like that. But at the same time, I've seen some schools out there and they think that they're pushing themselves and they're not. Yeah, I've I've definitely seen that too. And, and again, it's all, you know, of course it's all a sliding scale of who can do what. But it's, but yeah, it's, it's, it really all comes down to, I feel like, you know, everything being within balance. You know, that idea of balancing you know, being happy with with also pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, but then also, but then also you don't want to. Then there's almost like a balance within that of not of not only um, equating happy, uh, not only equating happiness to comfort. You know, well, this goes back to 
the four agreements again, which we brought up a few episodes ago. Mm. You know, like, one of the agreements is don't take anything personally. And, like, that's the fucking hard one. Yeah, you know? that's... Always be impeccable with your word is, like, obviously a little, like, unrealistic. Like, you're gonna slip up, you know? Yeah. But that's that's when, like, you know... I can't think right now. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, so... You know, we talk about how like nice it is to to find happiness and to be happy for a while, and you know, I, I understand what you mean when you should not feel guilty for um, for having your happiness go away or having anything that goes on that that removes happiness from your life. Feeling because, guilty for being human, really. right? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a spectrum um, that that you know, there's a sliding scale, like you said, that that we go through throughout life. I mean, the Buddhists said that life is suffering. You know, so if if they say, and they were some of the the wisest there ever were, and if they say life is suffering and all you want is perpetual happiness, you kind of got to realize that that is like counter to reality. And and what would life be like if nothing made you upset? And suffering is more in reference also to experience, but it's like Ryan was saying, as we're like multidimensional and, you know, emotionally complex beings, like suffering and experience are multifaceted and, and have many many faces they have many different ways that they can be perceived right and right. perception is nine tenths of reality right mm-hmm. so like how you feel about a certain situation is how you're going to see that situation not necessarily the other way around right you know I mean, yeah. like you mentioned vocalizing something and putting that into the world for you to observe it uh, is it will change your perception about maybe the same thing you know, like you have this idea in your head of the way that you want to carry out a situation in real life, then you vocalize it and bring it into the real world, and lo and behold, it's not what you thought it would be. So that perception is key, even with things that you need to vocalize yourself. And what's funny too with that is is I think there's a lot of power in vocalizing both as a learning tool and as a action to do to kind of move your life forward. Kind of, cause kind of as you said, vocalizing on the one hand helps you check in with yourself and move mm. stuff out of your brain into reality because there's a lot of truth in kind of the levels of I think this is, I think I don't know if this idea um, traditionally comes from Jonathan Haidt but um, but um, he talks about this um, where where you move stuff out of your brain like there's different levels of um, of, of check of like of, of um, like self check where it's like okay you 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 think something well that's very biased there and then you move it and then you just say it to yourself and then literally just taking it from your brain and making it a physical thing and hearing it, you're like, oh, that sounds different than right. when I thought it. And then from there, you know, you say it to a person and then what do they say? You know, and kind of, and then you, you know, and that's why communication and things like this are so important. But on top of that, uh, that's kind of more the self-check version of, of vocalizing, but also when you are kind of using it as a tool for um, progression and moving your life forward, also using it kind of, you know, moving into like manifesting or just changing your, changing your mindset about and your perspective about your potential and what you can do and what you want to accomplish. There's actually, um, I'm kind of using this as a vocal um, footnote and kind of a bookmark of, of um, stuff that I'm starting to look into that I find very interesting that I think probably um, we should as a group and also anyone who's interested in um, further reading or just cool topics about uh, manifesting and things. But um, I don't know if you guys have heard of um, Dr. Uh, Joe Dispenza. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Listening to, I'm listening to Becoming Supernatural right now. Oh, very cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I started like, I saw his Let book. Let say that on the mic. I'm listening to his book, Becoming Supernatural, right now. Yes. I'm in the middle of it, yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, Ed was just in his hammock. I was outside. I had a fucking killer workout right before this, and I am like 
normally energized, but I haven't really. You know what? I'm gonna go eat another muffin. <laughs> we have muffins. My my wife likes to sabotage me just by buying delicious. First of things. all, it's not. It's not. It, they're not. They're not Do muffins. It. They are. They are French toast muffin toppers from Stu Leonard's. They are. They are, and they are. Uh, they are heroin, basically. <laughs> <laughs> they are just they make, street legal drugs. They make the, your whole body feel like the tip of a penis. <laughs> <laughs> what it's what it's like to chew five gum. <laughs> your whole body feels like a penis head. <laughs> I saw this thing. It was like what it's like to chew five gum, and it was like goggles a dude with spaghetti. With the goggles <laughs> <of> spaghetti. <laughs> what it's like to chew five gum. <laughs> it's just like you're just seeing spaghetti. Outdated <laughs> spaghetti American vision. commercial references. Oh, Sorry, but it's dude. so it's so funny though. Um, that's just so funny. Um, but yeah, no, I saw. I remember I, when I was when I was out east, I was in a um, bookstore and I saw that book and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I've seen his name around. And then I started watching some videos of him just talking. And it, and it's kind of this really cool gap of you know he seems to be bridging um, science with spirituality, but also in a way of making this kind of what can be very woo-woo ideas of manifesting and understanding and transforming kind of your per, you know your persona, your personality how you view yourself, the story you tell yourself, and making it, and kind of making kind of this, 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 um, turning it into a new kind of functional plan of attack to kind of move your life in the direction you want to go in a very, you know, uh, real and, like, applicable way, I think. I don't know if, if I mean, you've, you've also been reading the book, so I don't know if, if the, you've... Yeah, no, it's all right. <laughs> watching I, it, just, like, that, chew a muffin topper. That, He's were, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, right, 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 perfect. Yeah, just watching it consume food. Hey, you want to talk really yeah, quick? While yeah, you're... how do you feel about spirituality and making your own reality? Like, but <laughs> so I mean I feel like that I haven't good. Read, <laughs> I feel good about it. I haven't read that book, but I did read The Secret by Eckhart Tolle when I was in high school. I read it a couple times just because I wanted to really grasp it. But like you said, that's like. So, do you ever hear of The Secret? That's by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, The Secret's not by Eckhart Tolle, isn't it? I don't think no, so. The Power of Now is by Eckhart Tolle. I know what book you're talking about, though, but I don't. I don't think he wrote that. I'm book. like, I don't think he wrote I'm the secret. Eighty percent certain that the secret is Eckhart Tolle. John, I would expect you to be coming to this conversation with more than eighty percent assurance. I gotta look this up right now. Oh, Let's God. have Siri ask. Hey Siri, who wrote the secret? John's typing it in all caps. The secret. Rhonda Byrne. Here, go up. No, it says it right there on the top right. Yeah, Rhonda Byrne wrote Rhonda it. Rhonda Byrne. 2006, Jesus. Rhonda yeah, Byrne. But like, so here's the, here's the thing oh, about... Oh, jeez, now I hate that I read this book. Look Whoa! at this woman. It's oh like, my god, that's it, the Karenest Karen I've ever karen It's like the Long Island medium, but if she did DMT. She looks like... she looks. She, <laughs> Why is she bent over? Uh, that's that's she just how like she is. She looks like she's hunting. She looks like she's catching like a fastball. She's mid-pounce. <laughs> so go to Amazon right now and look at Rhonda Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E, author of The Secret. Her photo looks like she's like prowling. She looks like if you, if you like stabbed Paula Deen with like a quartz crystal. Like if it's, you just stabbed oh her. <laughs> like, All I gotta do is add some butter and an amethyst. Uh, yeah, liter- like literally like... Dude, if, call if, Paul, your if, Paul, right, if Paula Deen was into crystal. Let, let's, let's stop shitting on her. But like at the same time, here's the thing about the secret. You ask a bunch of millionaires how they fucking became millionaires and it's like, well, like I just visualized it and it happened. Mm. And there's this dangerous thing I trick. find with the secret where people are just like, I'm just gonna like make a vision board and put it out there and like one day it'll happen. Then they sit on their couch and fucking jerk off and, pl- and smoke pot and do nothing about it you right, know right and and they just wait and visualize and meditate and do 
healings and this, that, and the third, and they go to their circles, and they go to this, and they go to that, and they become all first Dantian, they become all spiritual, they become all fucking separate from this planet, and tripping on psychedelics, and they're gonna manifest it, and it's gonna, they're gonna make it happen, but they don't, they're not putting their, their ass to, to work, well, that's what they're I was not putting say. their nose to the grindstone. It seemed very incomplete, and it just, it wasn't the whole picture, it was all mental shit, just like you said, there and was like, no like, you know, get to work and pursuing what you want to do, there's no call to adventure. It's because, just like visualize your dreams. Because what's funny with that is, is, is if you like, I think if you were to look at again, kind of like you're saying, like a Conor McGregor or like people who are very big into the, you know, into that type of visualization, or anyone who's 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 uh, successful, it's like that's my thing about self help people too. Like you know, like uh, um, God, what's that very popular book? It's not Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's something. Holes. No. <laughs> Not whole. <laughs> it's a great book. God damn it! That's not what I'm talking about. Was, was it a the Lord of the Rings? You know? it a, no. <laughs> <laughs> is it Ready Player One? Yeah. Um, is it um? Was it a uh, Tony Robbins? No, older, older. It's not Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's a self help success money book type From like thing. The 1800s, and the guy was like, was like, was like a fucking con artist, and people still quote his shit. Oh, oh. I don't know. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover? What? <laughs> I think that's a song, not a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, oh, what I, what I was saying with the um, with the um, people that are successful, it's like, oh, well, clearly they didn't just, they, you know, they didn't just manifest. Like, kind of you saying, like, oh, it felt lacking, where it's like, oh, well, they clearly did more than just manifest and visualize. But I feel like, I feel like, to the inverse of that, I feel like probably an integral part of what made them successful on top of their talent and their skill is, is there was their mindset and their visualization that was like interwoven into their like daily actions kind of having that 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 faith and that vision kind of like being threaded through their daily action to motivate it but definitely you know what I mean? that that mindset has to have been working in tandem with commitment with action of course with commitment course. and sacrifice which yeah. is something i heard recently that's crazy that commitment and sacrifice are the same thing yeah that Think makes about sense. that. Like that, uh, hearing that just made me blow my yeah. mind. Like commitment, sacrifice, and even you can go so far as saying compromise. Right. You know, because being in a relationship, you know, being a married man myself, compromise is an important word, which so is commitment, right. which so is sacrifice. So it's not too far of a stretch to say, well, you have to sacrifice certain things to maintain a commitment to something. If you're serious, you have to you have to create a hierarchy and right. move through life with what's important right. to you. Just, just like, just like buying an expensive TV or something if you want to if you want to purchase something more kind of on an existential level like a new skill or something you need to give something right for it. you need you you need to offer up something in exchange almost right and like millenn- people slowly getting into full metal alchemist right now just exactly equal exchange like fellow millennials you know you've all heard the boomer talk that like oh well if you stop buying like seven dollar lattes and you'd have more money and it's like well you know what as much as that that's bullshit in regards to a lot of things in a grander economic scale it's not wrong in that if you save let's just say 40 bucks a week that's you know, over the course of a month, all of a sudden it's $160. You know, if you just right. curb your spending and, like, you sacrifice going out to dinner, right. you can spend 100 bucks at dinner all the time. Like, there's no less than $60 to go out to dinner with a date, you know? Right. So, like, if you want to seek a goal, if you, like, let's say you want to get a nice big TV for your living room and it's, like, three grand and you don't have that, 
Well, then put the money aside that you would be spending when you go out to dinner. You have to sacrifice those dinners to maintain your commitment to pursuing that goal. Right. And it is the same thing across all realms. Right. That if you want to be committed to something and if you're serious about your shit, you right. have to sacrifice other things. That's true. Okay. I, so, fun fact. The book is called Think and Grow Rich oh, by, by Napoleon, Napoleon Hill. Hill. Oh, okay. Napoleon Hill is the most famous con man you've probably never heard of. Born into poverty in rural Virginia at the end of the 19th century. This is from Gizmodo. Um, Hill went on to write one of the most successful self-help books of the 20th century, Think and Grow Rich. In fact, he helped invent the genre. But it's the untold story of Hill's fraudulent business practices, tawdry sex life, and membership in a New York cult that makes him so fascinating. So, Money I, and blood orgies. I did not know. Oh, my God. I did not, <laughs> right. know, I did not know any any of that about him. So, so it's like, you know... Who are these people that we're listening to? So, like, how many people are out there as self-help gurus? And I'm like, I want to be a motivational speaker. And then you become a successful motivational speaker. And then everyone goes, I want to be successful like him as a motivational speaker. But what he is is a successful bullshit artist. Because what have you done, aside from telling other people, to be motivated? Dude, like, did you ever see that guy that, like, was a motivational speaker that, that was, like, trying to teach trust? And, like, had that women, woman trust fall and he just let her go and she fucking hit her head on the ground? No. You never saw that? It was, he, this guy got sued because it was, like, one of those bullshit, like, you know, you have to trust in the world, like, you know, just whatever motivational speaker. And this woman got up on a ladder and he was standing behind her, like, do you trust me? She's like, yes. Then fall. And he just turns around and walks away and she falls off the ladder and gets concussed right on stage. So I feel like that guy is just like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, the thing is, is that, you know, if you're, I, I think, I think to your point, if if you are, what one there is something to be said if that if you're that good of a motivational speaker that you get that level of platform and you are able to inspire other people, that is a achievement in and of itself. But I do get what you're saying where it's like. Like anytime I'm looking at someone who's a motivational speaker, or I'm like, I'm like, well, okay, but what do they do outside of this? Like, right. How what, successful what, what, are they? What do you and like some of them, really, some of them really are. Like I'm pretty sure, like Tony Robbins is like an incredible businessman and does like well, awesome yeah, stuff I'm for, sure like, that like you know, fucking Joel Olstein has helped plenty of people with his sermons, and like some people watch him and they love him and they feel great and they're happy giving him his money. But at the same time, what kind of a piece of shit is he behind closed doors? Yeah, he didn't let any people in his churches during that hurricane in Houston. Yeah, no. Good guy. He's like, know? get the fuck out of my, my property. Like, um, you know, like, he's a piece I mean, of shit. But deception is a real threat, and deception comes from people that are very persuasive. You know, you're not going to be scared of, of being deceived by someone who is not persuasive, right? You know, if somebody is so obviously full of shit, well, you know, well, that guy's lying. Don't listen to him. It's and the people that have the silver tongue that are a danger. The danger in that is, too, you're not going to be able to teach anybody without a silver tongue. Right. So regardless of... You know, which is why I think you see so many people start with the best of intentions and then end up letting the power get to them, you know? Mm -hmm. But to, to that being the, – the point that I'm trying to make in line with Ryan's point is that you don't need these people and you don't need that shit to live your life happily. Authentically. And living your life authentically and happily does not mean that you're going to feel happiness 100% of the time. Right. Again, authentic. Yeah, if you're, if you're living authentically, again, you know, anything involving living comes with the baggage of the full spectrum of what life has for you to live. Right. You know, to just think I'm li I'm going to live authentically, which means I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be driving down Pacific Highway and I'm going to have a girl with big tits and we're going to be <laughs> hanging out. I'm going to eat whatever I want. It's like no, it's like that's really not. You know, again, that comes from your illusion. You know, your illusion of what life is, and more importantly, what your life should be and is going to be. Where again, it's understanding that it's. It is the full spectrum of life, but again, it's kind of that duality of 
of that is how, and I think that's such an, in, it, it, not to get woo-woo, but I just think that's so interesting of how everything in life works off of and has to work off of duality. Only things, you know, things only exist in relation to other things. And at least maybe not on a physics standpoint, I'm not sure, but I mean from an, from an existing standpoint and how we experience life. You know, again, like light only exists because dark exists. You know, right. happiness only exists because, you know, we're, we're comparing it to another emotion. You know, so it's it's important to understand that happiness only exists because of sadness so it's so in so using that as a as a uh, you know starting you know a starting step in welcoming it in being more open to those emotions and seeing what you can learn from them and also just not treating them as okay now i'm going to take a take a, a a break from living because i'm having a shitty week it's like no it's like trying to that and that's and that's really difficult i have a really hard time with that there are so many times where i will get like lost in the weeds and just be like i feel like fucking shit and i'll, and I'll just start fucking stacking stuff on my head um, and then it just weighs you down, where you, and then you're trying to do stuff that's productive or, or, or even just helpful for you, and you and you can't, you mm-hmm. know. But trying to, and and that really comes from that idea of kind of like you know like disciplined perspective, you know, being able to really be like, no, 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 I know I want to react this way to things emotionally, but let me take a step back and really try to think about how I want to respond. Um, but again, I think just back to the other point with the, with the famous and successful people. Again, I, I think there is is really something to be said in the idea that. Um, that yes, mindset and visualization and manifesting is not the only thing that got them there. But I think, but I think what's interesting is that if you took that away and only left them with their skill, they probably wouldn't be where they are anyway, which I think is interesting. You're right. Yeah. I mean, uh, that perception and that, I guess their motivation and their mindset is really when applied to the skill is what got them that far. Because because you think because you think it's like having all that skill like ha- having all the skill like Conor McGregor is like is like is like me owning a Corvette, but having no gas in it. If I don't have any if I don't have any if I don't have any faith or vision, you know what I mean? It's like it's I like, want to like, visualize this moment since the day I started fighting and then I knew that I would have my two belts. And I'm the give champ, me your champ, fucking give me belt. belt. I'll fight any man, any man. <laughs> give me your belt. You ever see that clip with Rogan and McGregor? Rogan was talking about the time he was hanging out with McGregor, and he's like, all he kept saying was, I'll fight any man. Any man, Joe, I'll fight any man. All right, Connor, I get it. You'll fight any man. Like, we're, at a Denny. any man. we're at a Denny's. Like, stop. <laughs> Calm down, man. I wonder why he's never been on the show. Oh, man, that would be crazy. Dude, that would be an insane episode if he was on the show. That would be nuts. But, but, um, Probably why. But, yeah, but I, think, I, think that's, I think that's a way to look at it even for yourself of like, oh, like I can have all these... You can you can you can have you can have all these skills you can have all this, you know you can have these abilities you can have this you know um, all this ability to do different things but if you're but if your mind is not aligned and you're not in that space of knowing what you want being confident in yourself to do it and to go after it then it's like you're not able to you know there's no captain for the ship you know you're not able to move that like you know, your meat sack forward in a way that's, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> right. that's useful. So it's like, that's really an important way to, to look at it is that, you know, um, you know, again, you can have all these abilities, but it's like, if you, if you don't have the vision and the mindset, then, you know, where is it going to go? Where are you going to take it if you don't know where you're going? Or at least having a general idea of where you want to take it. Right. Being, being talented is half the battle and having that direction and that foresight and that commitment, yeah. making those sacrifices and being serious about your shit is what's what really takes you to the next level yeah you know ma- pushing that thing forth you know really really st- uh staying committed to to what you're good at what you believe in because if you have this talent and you don't do anything with it then there it is you know it's a self-fulfilling right. prophecy you, yeah. you know like you say like if somebody out there let's just say they're they're really good at basketball 
and you know they like to play basketball like a kid in school you know and they're playing at their court and they got this wicked shot and they drive to the net perfectly and they don't apply themselves and they don't pursue anything with that talent they're never going to make it to the NBA they're never going to be a pro if you don't pursue right. or, or you're not serious about your shit and it applies right. across all spectrums and all realms and to bring it back to martial arts i mean you know, um, and Sifu can definitely talk about this when he comes on. And I mean, Sigung says this too, even though we don't believe him. Is is you know, and you know, is that you know, talent is not enough. You know, it's it's training and commitment. You know, Sigung always says, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, this shit didn't come super easy to me. I wasn't like super, you know, super talented when I started. And same thing with Sifu. Sifu, out of all of the the round of um, people that he trained with, and also the black sessions that he came up with were all better than him. They were all more talented. They were all able to do more stuff. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but I'm the only one that's still fucking here. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and that commitment and that dedication not only not only allows him to to continue to learn and learn more and pers- and continue the lifelong the lifelong learning of of the system and and the lifelong journey of martial arts, but also just shows that you know putting time in and dedication is is equally and sometimes possibly more important than than your just natural talent. Well, there's there's the the saying, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's right? that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. Hey, Ed, so is there anything you're talented with that you just don't give a fuck about and have been failing? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. Just look over and say there's mascara running like down guitar. his guitar. <laughs> 100%, yeah. yeah. I have not played my guitar in, like, almost a year. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I was, I was, uh, I was joking, but we can go down that road. <laughs> no, well, no, one hundred percent. Like, like, what is a martial artist? What is a martial artist? Let's get back to the five rings, right? What, what, what is, what is a warrior? A warrior should be well rounded. A warrior should be a musician and poet and artist and killer, all in, all in one. You know, so you need to be multifaceted. You need to appreciate all aspects of life and be able to see. All of the colors that the world is painted with. You of know the what wind. I mean? Excuse me. <laughs> I'm painted five, with five all the colors hey, of the wind. So I did find something that was pretty cool. Let me. Oh, let me. Let me get. Let me pull it up again. So Ryan, to your point, and we mentioned the four agreements. But funny enough, he wrote a new book. The fifth and he, agreement. And he, it's literally, <laughs> literally the fifth agreement. And he has added an agreement. And I haven't read the book yet, but I found like a, because you know, the book, it's the, it's the four agreements again. And then the fifth one, and like another chapter, like <laughs> describing it, but I like it. So like, so think about it. They all kind of tie back into each other. So the first one is be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. And then fifth is be skeptical and learn to listen. So, I you know, the old way, always do your best was the last one, and it fed right back into one. Because if you're always doing your best, then you need to always make sure you're being impeccable with your word. And if you're always being impeccable with your word, then you can't really take things too personally. If you can't take things personally, then you can't make assumptions. And if you're not making assumptions, it makes it easier to do your best, you mm-hmm. know? And then I guess the being skeptical and learning to listen is kind of, I, I feel like that's kind of like just a reason to write another book you know what I mean I need, yeah. more, I need more money you know <laughs> like we were saying about the fucking self-help gurus in the first place it's like I haven't made enough millions off of me helping others I need more millions 
Let me repurpose my other book with a new chapter. <laughs> Wait, I have more agreements. Listen, come back. I don't know what nationality that guy is. He's like, <laughs> he's like, like Scottish, he's like, he's like 1700s English, French, Hispanic. It's colonial something. But I think, yeah. again, were I, haven't, I haven't read the four agreements, but I think, I think, like, him and his book are legit, right? I think so. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people get I a lot really of I don't know much it. about him, but, like, I mean, like, you can't really refute it, you know? Right. They, they they work, yeah. It makes sense, you know. Especially always being impeccable with your word. Make sure you don't talk shit about you or yourself. Yeah, you know, yeah. or was, anybody else. Wasn't that so. also? Isn't that also? A, Unless you um, can back up what you're saying. Yeah, you know what? I think that's actually a really good way to put it. Is like looking because like because like you know sometimes if you're talking shit about other people, they'll be like, or 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 like if you're saying shit, you know, making statements about other people, some people are like, oh, do you have proof of that? Like, are you, or are you just being an asshole? You know mm. what I mean? And it's like, but you don't hold yourself to the same standard, but you're like, yeah, I'm a fuck. And then, but, and then no one, and no one's going to be like, hey, are you sure? Are you, are you sure about that? Just like John Cena, <laughs> you, are you sure about that? Oh, I you love know, that like, meme. You know, like, it's just, you're just like, and then you just go, yeah, I am. And again, it kind of goes back to, I think that, that, uh, kind of Joe Dispenza idea of, you know, um, you know, retraining the way that you react to things and changing the story that you're telling yourself about, um, about what's happening in your life and how, and yeah, literally how you are. Because I think he said, uh, what is it? Like you're, I'm going to completely fuck this up. So I apologize, but definitely I'm saying this more for you to like find the video of him saying, talking about this. Um, and Ed, please chime in if you, if you feel the need to, but where he talks about his, um, where like your personality and your persona is all that is, is just, um, you know, let's say if you're like 40 is 40 years of trained reactions to things. It's, tr- it's, it's, it's 40 years of assumptions, um, and reactions and preferences to like what you do. So like, and people think that's just, oh, well, that's just who I am. It's like, no, well, like you can change and mold those things if you're willing to put in the work to do so. And you have the vision and the want and the need to change those things about yourself. Right. So, and and I, I just can't help but feel like these are, are, are echoes of, or maybe the precursor to, some uh, some sound bites from our boy, Mr. Jordan Peterson. Well, I think he said that there was a few rules, one of them being um, uh, always tell the truth or don't lie, you know, when you're impeccable with your word. Right. I, I feel like that relates to that. And also to uh, treat yourself as if you've been asked to, as if you're a friend you're supposed to take care of. Yeah. You yep. know, and, and in terms of like, you know, uh, treating yourself the best you can, you know, because yeah. like it's, it's crazy how like, you know, that kind of relates to externalizing an idea like vocalize you have something in your head and you say it out loud and you're like oh shit well maybe i shouldn't say that or maybe this is there's something wrong with this statement right. then it's kind of doing the same thing but with you when you take your, your yourself and you know you view yourself as if you're in a third person like oh man you shouldn't be doing that you're kind of almost externalizing yourself a self-deprecating narrator <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. But you could see yourself from another perspective and be like, "Oh man, you know, he really shouldn't do that. I really shouldn't do that." Or like, "Oh, I, I should be doing this instead," you know, or mm-hmm. he should be doing this instead. It it completely changes the 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 um, uh, how easy it is to to take something as an imperative, like, or how difficult it is to realize something is important. Is right. uh, because you it's, it's being self deprecating is easier than you think, you know. And, oh my and, God, you do. You, but you, listen to the people that we're talking about. Dr. Joe Dispenza, mm-hmm. Dr. Jordan Peterson, you know, and like even Joe Rogan, like these are people who give life advice, who Dr. are Joe. motivational speakers without be having a profession as motivational speakers, mm-hmm. because Jordan Peterson is a 
professor of psychology and, and a clinical, clinical and, and, clinical and a clinical psychologist. psychologist. Dr. Joe Dispenza is a medical doctor who has experiences and has a medical history of his terrible back injury that he meditated himself out of. That's his story, is that he meditated his spine back to health and walked again, which he was never supposed to walk again. I think that's what it was. I never listened to his first book where he outlines that. Becoming Supernatural is actually his second book. Mm. I forget what the title of the first book is, but I, I, I am listening to this book and I keep feeling like I need to... Mm. Like, like go back to the like, first one? Like, we're listening to the first one first, you know right. what I mean? And I just like wish they were a little bit less dry to listen to mm. you know i don't really have a lot of time to sit down and read these heavy books like this but right. like sometimes when i'm listening to it it's like i, I get lost because yeah. there's nothing it's just droning and an author speaking uh, you know <laughs> right, right, the, right. The, this the, is audible this is audible <laughs> and it's that guy talking the whole time about the book and this is the voice and tonality <laughs> and of every word he says <laughs> and then she told the story and then the sentence ended and then I'm the next sentence began and then there was a comma. You know what I mean? Like I have three ranges of emotions. Lukewarm, warm, and medium. <laughs> yeah, basically. The guy's like a medium well done steak. It's like, it's, you know. That's my favorite joke, dude. If I'm ever at a show and I get a t-shirt, you know, what size are you? Extra medium. Extra medium. It's just, it's just <laughs> more normal. Here, here's, here's, but, uh, here's three minutes. Uh, Joe Dispenza, your personality creates your personal reality. A clip from the channel Conscious Life. thoughts have an effect on your life yes so you think 60 to 70,000 thoughts in one day 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts as the day before you have this emotion in his voice why can't you read your own book you fuck okay <laughs> so what is the likelihood of something happening different in your life if 90% of those thoughts, conscious or unconscious, are the same thoughts as the day before. Because the same thoughts will always lead to the same choices. I need Joey Diaz to read this. The same choices will lead to the same behaviors. What he's saying is great, but I can't take him seriously because he has like one of those 1990s Backstreet Boys like headset microphones on. You oh, know? get the fuck out of here Look, with it's, that! It's, it's hugging his cheek. I'll show you later. Like he's trying, <laughs> like he's trying to sell you like 1990s love over the phone. Yeah, like I feel like in the middle of it, he's gonna be like, "Yeah, girl." <laughs> the same behaviors will create the same experiences, and the same experiences produce the same emotions, and those same emotions drive your very same thoughts. And your biology, your neurocircuitry, your neurochemistry, your hormones, and even your genetic expression is equal to how you think, how you act, and how you feel. <gasps> and how you think, how you act, and how you feel is called your personality. And your personality creates your personal reality. That's it. It almost rhymes. Yeah. So then if you want to create a new personal reality, a new life, then you're going to have to start changing your personality. How many people are with me? I am. Come on, London. Yes? Boo! London! <laughs> See, most people try to create a new personal reality as the same personality, and it doesn't work. You literally have to become someone else. So there's a principle in neuroscience. 
And that was a really hard lesson for me to learn. And I think that like kind of sums up all the stories I've told about like me leading the uh, like almost a double life I felt like for a long time until I kind of got my shit together and and you know I'm on that trip with Seung and he goes to me he's like you got your shit together and I'm like you think I have my shit together I was like Seung and Greg looked at me and says you have your shit together I'm proud of you I'm like do you really know who you're talking to right now? Like, are you sure? Are you positive? Because mm, I don't know about that guy. You know, you might be wrong on this one, my friend. But like, but you know, it's because I still like, I like sometimes identify with who I was in the past. You know, right. some fucking fourteen-year-old kid borrowing my older friend's coat so I could go shoplift everything that everybody wanted. You know what I right. mean? Like, like, I would take orders. Give me the ceiling jacket. I would take orders. Right. I'd be like, what do you want? You want tea? You want Snapple? You want an Arizona? You want snacks? You want a protein bar? Okay, great. And it's I would go in and boop, boop, boop. I was growing up poor. We were fucking broke. Yeah. I asked my mother for 10 bucks and she'd be like, I ain't got it. You know? Mm-hmm. I accidentally stole a seashell necklace from a store, like a surf shop in New Jersey and was mortified by it. You know what? I still have it. When you know I needed what's... shirts, if I needed shirts and it was like not the one time a year that I could, I was allowed to purchase clothing, I would go to Target and put clothes on under my clothes and just walk out. Wow. You know what I mean? Like you talk about like you grow up in that kind of shit and that's what you identify with. Mm. And then you feel like shit about your actions, even though maybe it wasn't necessarily your fault. You could have been a victim of your circumstances or a victim of, you know, who you were around that was really bringing you up. You know, like I was brought up by my friend group more than anybody else when I was that age, you know. Mm And then to break out of that and to realize that you are someone new and someone else and that you don't have to attach to that. Like I, like I, we mentioned this the other day. I think I was talking to you about it off the show where I had said like somebody messaged me and they're like, you're not a cat person. What are you doing with cats? And I'm like, first of all, they came with Jenny. Second of all, they grew on me. And it's like. Like a wart. Well, yeah, but well, well, you 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 know what I mean. Like yeah, people yeah. people can't accept that things about you have changed. But that's right. also, that's also true to like again. You look at you look at older people that are just like, well, this is just how I am. I'm just this way, and it's like that's a really scary thing because on the one hand, I think there is a lot of benefits in getting older and just moving into like your like. 30s and and 40s and moving into there because you do have a better idea of who you are and that helps in the sense of being more confident not giving a shit what people think but on top of that you don't want to get set in your ways of like well this is who I am and then you become a and then it's like and it's become you just become stagnant after like 35 well that's bullshit because I mean like I agree yeah what you're saying is the truth but what they're doing is bullshit because when you say this is just who I am you've given up you are not your past you're not all the stupid shit that you've done before you're not your history you are what you aim at you are where your intentions are going because you're moving in that direction. And, and, you're complex. You're and many things. People are with this weird thing because we exist in the present and the future at the same time. So we are what we aim at. Our intentions drive our actions and we behave in a way that we're uh, as if we we're approaching our goals. And like that's we're constantly we hurtling towards the future, yet we can only experience the right now. Well, yeah. we're, we're experiencing yeah. the future, the very edge of it, every moment. Every moment of the present is just the, the first part of the future. We're eternally edging. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> right, but you know what I mean? Like, I think the Buddha said that. I think. <laughs> yeah. but, you are eternally edging. But you know what I mean? We're not what we've done, we're what we're doing. It's like Sting. Yeah, I mean, like, but I hope that point wasn't lost, that we are not no, what not we have done, we are what we are doing. Yeah. Interesting. Let's let's see if the end of this clip ties in or how it ties in. It says that nerve cells that fire together wire together. 
And if you keep thinking the same thoughts, making... The, cut out a little bit. He said that nerve cells that fire together, wire together, which yep. I think is very interesting. Same choices, demonstrating the same behaviors, creating the same experiences that stamp the same networks of neurons into the same patterns, all for the familiar feeling you call you to reaffirm that identity. Over and over again, you begin to hardwire your brain into automatic programs. And by the time you're 35 years old, this is science now, 95% of who you are by the time you're 35 is a set of memorized behaviors, automatic habits, emotional reactions, before. beliefs, perceptions, and attitudes that function like a subconscious computer program. Mm. That's exactly what you were saying. Yeah, no, but that's like that's when you've given up, man. That's when you just go on autopilot and you just say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop making decisions based on what I see in front of me." And you're only just sit, sitting there making decisions based on what you've done before. It's bullshit. And you're a passenger you, in the driver's and seat. And who you think you that's are? Fucked up. Like right. uh, that you really need, you pisses need to be me able off. To change. Look at how much you've changed in the past couple of years. <laughs> Look at everything that you've gone through that we've discussed on and off air. You know what I mean? And everything that I've gone through that you've discussed on and off air. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep. If I just let my habits rule me, I'd be fucking dead. I'd be dead, or I'd be. You and me, fucking both. Yeah, you and yeah, me both. Exactly. So, like, I hear, I hear that, and it's just like and Ryan would be in his room nail biting. <laughs> yeah. You know? now, now, now I'm in John's living room nail biting. I just, yeah. I, I hear <laughs> that sound. Venue. Bite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're just hanging out. You're nail biting, and I'm just a corpse. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, like you, you've gotten over a lot of your nervous shit. Yeah, no, it's definitely or gotten better with. Yeah, you know, definitely, definitely gotten better with with managing. But what kind sure. of life is that where you just like you stop making decisions and you and you just like you become a creature of habit? You stop adapting. We're supposed to be adapting, or we're made to adapt. And it just like it's counter it's counter to the nature of people. So it's just oh, well, this is the way I am. I never want to be that person. And There's I so think, many. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I, and I and I think what's funny is I think people welcome that security that comes with you getting older because. The because the I don't have to change. I am who I am. Who are you to say it to me, young right, buck? Right, right. But but also, so that's what I mean. Is is like is like there is like there is positives of 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 that getting older and, and gaining that experience because you do have an idea of who you are and there are positives to that, like not giving a shit what people think and being like fuck you and lo- losing that insecurity that you have when you're younger. But the issue is is that you move you move so far away from that insecurity you had in your you know teens and twenties. And you get so comfortable in that security of knowing who you are that you that you completely miss the other positive thing that came with all the insecurity baggage when you were younger, which is that which is being malleable mm-hmm. and being able to be in that in that um, in that period of flux. So I think there's there is people who get too comfortable in thinking who they are because they're running away from that insecurity bullshit when they were younger. It's like I don't need to fucking worry about that anymore. I know who I am. It's like yeah, but. You you may have that security, but some of it's a false sense of security because you lose that ability to be malleable. You right. lose that, and and that is, and again, it's kind of it goes back to that religious idea of like you know you know what what was the um what was the quote that Jesus said? It's like you know um um live as live Eat as fish, if you bitches. <laughs> Boom! Fish, wine. Here you go. Whoa! whoa. Yo, Jesus' blood is wine. That guy must have been hammered twenty four seven. I got, I got a ten alcohol level. Come here. Who wants like, trout? Listen, you eat drinking a lot of wine. Come here, eat, eat Dude, this bread. It's just eat wine. This bread. It's wine and fish pretend with this guy. What are we in an Olive Garden? Put this bread in your mouth and pretend it's me. Oh Yo, where the God. hush puppies at, bro? We got all this fish and no hush puppies. We're just, we're just off the parkway again. We're just. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing the thing was the was, brakes have failed was was um 
we got to go up a truck ramp yeah, exactly. on, on Interstate 95. <laughs> exactly as, uh, what I was picturing. Is, um, what is it like? Like, uh, you'll know what it, you'll know what it is. It's like living life as if you were Real a life? child. You know what I mean? Like, like the, yes. like the, um, uh, yeah, that's the, um, I know exactly what you're saying. Cause, uh, the goal is to, uh, in order to be wise, you have to be, um, a, a, like, a, excuse me. I, I have, I'm going to fuck this quote up. I got to think about that. Cause I know exactly what you're saying. I it, thought it, what Christ said was fuck your life. Bing bong. <laughs> Bing bong. Just <laughs> getting off the subway wearing Tim's. Joe Byron. You want a shot? You want a shot? You want a shot? <laughs> but it, but it was the it was the. Hey no, baby, no. take me out to dinner. Is, is, isn't it the thing of uh, of like, isn't it like um like those who either like get There's into Christians heaven. listening right now that are like these fucking. No, no, I know. Oh, fuck, it's so fucking annoying. It's like, can someone look it up? What it is? It's like we have it, the it's internet. It's like it's like those who like those who have heaven in them um, never lose like that like childlike. It's something about like always remaining like a child in a way. Something like that. I just love John typing in all caps. Still, didn't the pastor say something about that during your during Poppy's eulogy? We will be reunited with he, children who have died too. <laughs> fuck. That is not what it is. Um. Um, so look, look up, look up. Jesus. The children go to heaven. John, <laughs> look. Oh John, my no. God. John, 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 heaven within them remaining child might not have been the best. Yeah, Google. I'm just fucking just, trying. Okay. Stop typing it all just, caps. Just Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yes, Jesus Wikipedia. Um, Did you know that the, the the depiction of white Jesus is actually a French prince? Oh. Yeah. I thought it was just Keanu Reeves. I thought it was Obi Wan Kenobi, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> was it you and McGregor? No, the, they needed a depiction of Jesus, and he was like, he probably looked like me. <laughs> yeah. I would assume he looks like me. Yeah. It's like that's a like bit of an ego trip, there, school, isn't it? Like, do I not pre- look like the I, most important person ever? Pre <laughs> beheading of Louis, you know what I mean? Like, hey, listen, if someone with the power to guillotine me was saying like, "Do you not think I look like Jesus?" Well, I'd be like, not, "Of course you do." Do you know how yeah. cigarettes were invented? When what? You know how cigarettes were invented? I'm sure you can tell me it was a French dude. You gotta yeah, tell well, me. So the the French dignitaries would be smoking their cigars, right? And they would throw the ends of the cigars out of the carriage, and the poor, which is why there was a French Revolution in the first place, because of wealth inequality. I wonder um, what other country looks like that right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the they would throw their cigars out of their carriages and like let the poor clean them up, and they would take them. And roll them into thin sheets. Roll the remaining tobacco into thin sheets of paper. And instead of smoking the full cigar, they would smoke their cigarettes. Interesting. Mm. Small cigars. Oh. Um, wow. Wait. Um, you're smoking garbage. Here, 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 here. <laughs> is that what you're smoking? You're smoking garbage? rich people garbage. You just garbage. Here, is here go what back it is? to go back to Google for a second. I want to okay. I want to try to find this. It's look up um look up like Jesus quote remaining like a child something like that remaining child An apostrophe let's just see what comes up what does the bible say about being like children uh, what does the bible say oh about no no children? go 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 um oh yeah no i th- wait oh i could use oh no no F. truly i say to you unless you turn and become already, and become yeah. like children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven right so it's, so it's like that idea of childlike uh, faith that's what it's about uh, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you truly and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So he's using a child as an example. So then think about that. Like, um, Again, we're not so here's, here's, here's another we're breakdown. This is Matthew 18, 1 through 5. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So, I mean, like, it's a thing that can be taken a, like a, a lot of different ways and out of context. Like, most 
well, biblical course. quotes are. They really extrapolate out from like what was but literally said. But there, there's 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 ways to utilize it in the sense of of the imp- the imp- <laughs> the importance <laughs> the importance of. of <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. Be <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> like John's just like fingering like Windows XP. <laughs> <laughs> I was using Control F to find something. Um, but. but but again, like the idea of of keeping that keeping that childlike understanding, like being able to have the rationality and the maturity to be able to separate the the insecurity that comes with being a child, and also separating it from the the wonder and curiosity and malleability that comes with being a child, and being able to take that aspect of it along with you as you get older. Right, and you want to maintain your wisdom and your knowledge as an adult, but still be able to view life with that open fascination and wonder that children possess. Exactly. You don't want to lose that, because then you lose all openness to the world. Yeah, and you become this like bitter, close-minded adult. Yeah, you get stuck in your stupid ways, and you're going to die that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jesus said that, too. That was Jesus' words. Yeah. You're going to die a bit of twat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but think about it. You refuse to change. Yeah. Then that's it. You've you've already closed yourself off and you have the rest of your life to stay the same. And then congratulations, you know. And I think, and not to get political, but I think that's so scary about like me talking to people my age or younger who like, who like, I'm going to sound like an adult now, who like think they know everything, but it's like, I don't know everything, but it's like, I hate when like. Like you like, cause I went through this when I went to college and I'm like, I know so much. I can't wait to educate my parents. And it's, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's like, yeah, maybe there's things that like from their upbringing, they don't know about maybe culturally or because of their age and they're disconnected from, but also like shut the fuck up. Yeah. Cause like one thing that you should be knowing as you get older is how fucking little you actually know. Well, so it should be like, uh, like when, when I hear people my age talk about like understanding things with such a level of security of like and 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 then will like speak to me in such a condescending way about it be like man this is just this is just fact like just, just the way get, it on, is, man. get on the train just google it you didn't and know I'm this like, already and i'm like dude if i hear anyone else who's fucking 22 telling me to google something go fuck yourself because like you don't know anything mm-hmm. <laughs> just end on such a such an aggressive note yeah no it's you, all good i totally gotta go right. to work you guys can keep going but no well well just to just to just to summarize a little bit it's important to be able to keep that malleability of remember remembering back to that malleability you had when you were when you were younger and being able to try to keep that moving forward and not being set in your ways and of, of who you are and being able to be open to changing for the better and, and being able to know that, you know, your your life doesn't stop and your growth doesn't stop when you're thirty five or when you're thirty or when you're twenty seven. You know, it you, you and that's all mindset and that's all perspective. If you keep that faith that you can continue to change and continue to grow that I feel like is like the first seed in being able to actually grow into something else. Right. Last time we talked about like what is consciousness based on that whole like AI debate. Like what is consciousness? What are you? Who are you? You know, you, you are this thing that's only going to experience this ride once. So you better make it the best you can try. You, you know, you better put your effort into making it the best variety you can be. Yeah. They say you only live once, but you only die once and you live every day. And on that note, John, this has been the Marshall Mind Podcast. Thank you.